Hello and welcome to another episode of Inside the Recording Studio. I am Jody Whitesides and with me as always is Mr. Chris Helstrom. But before we get going, we're going to ask that you go to the website InsideTheRecordingStudio.com and sign up for our email list. If you have a topic of suggestion for Chris and I to talk about in a future episode, contact us at the contact page at the website and we'll put it into consideration for a future episode. Let's get started, Chris. Yeah, let's. <laughs> You've already hinted there. How are you doing today, Jody? Everything uh, good? I'm kicking it up a notch because it's a brand new year. It is a brand new year, isn't it? It and is. And it's as good a time as any to kind of take stock of where you're at in your personal and professional life, I suppose, and uh, get a clean slate and kind of maybe add some new habits. Why don't we just get into today's episode? I think we should. Yes. It is a new year, and for all you guitar players out there, it's time to change those strings, whether they need it or not, he said sarcastically. (laughs) We're going to talk a little guitar maintenance and string gauges and some nerdy guitar stuff. So off the bat, have you changed your strings, Jody? Not yet, but I'm going to now, just because you made me feel bad about it. Well, yeah. See, now you learn something about from this podcast as well, right? Yeah. When it comes to strings, do you have a routine, if you will? Because some players are real good and some players are real bad about the maintenance of changing your strings. Do you have sort of like a set time or do you go just by what it kind of feels like or what they sound like? What's your deal, man? A better way to answer that is what era of my life are we talking about? (laughs) How about we go present? Present era. Yeah. My present era is very different from my learning era in that— Funny how things change through life, isn't it? It is. It is very funny. Comical, even. Mainly because I thought I would never change the habit that I had back in learning (laughs) the learning phase (laughs) of playing guitar. But that is no longer true. The way I would choose to change my strings at this point is very different from the way I chose to do it when I was going to music school. Sure. The way I do it now is based more upon the sound of the strings and how much playing they've had on them. So it's more of a combination of things rather than one specific thing, which it used to just be one specific thing when I was attending music school. And what was that one thing? Was it just a strict time thing? Strict time thing. When I was attending music school, it was strict time thing. Now it's not a strict time thing. It's a sound and playability factor. Yeah. Which is I, I know I'm going to regret asking this, but what was that time thing? <laughs> One month. How, how, a month. Okay, yeah, well, that's, literally that's reasonable. Yeah. I was fortunate, and I still am fortunate in that regard, in that my strings easily last that long. Yeah. It just became more of a matter of why am I changing my strings if they still sound good? Right. And then also being a student and stuff and then, you know, another cost that you don't need, right? Yeah. Well, I wasn't worried as much back then about that. And I'm not really worried about the costs. It's more of a different issue. I have something that will, I guess, is it a way, maybe I should just say, there's a reason why I'm able to get away with longer timeframes between changing strings. Right. And it has more to do with the way my fingers and my body operate compared to how other people's fingers and bodies operate. You're hinting at like certain acidic levels in your sweat or lack of type of thing. So when you're going into the why, the first reason why is the sound. Do the strings still sound good or do they sound dead and dull? 
And sure. if I need a, I do have one guitar that I kind of let the string sit for the longest period of time for recordings that need a duller sound, so right. to speak. And I have other guitars that I change them a little bit more often, just based on whether or not something needs to be spanky and bright. The bigger thing that I tend to look at too is whether or not they still hold tuning. Yeah, sure. That's because some strings, or actually lots of strings, or all strings, eventually with the tuning, it becomes a real pain in the ass to keep them in tune because yeah. they're so dead. <laughs> yeah. You don't want your strings lasting that long because that's really ridiculous. But as I was mentioning, dirty strings is what I was trying to get at with the concept is that my fingers do not emit a lot of sweat, nor is the sweat very acidic. So the strings don't collect dirt and they don't get goopy or crusty or grody. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I don't have a need to constantly be wiping my strings with a rag or whatever is I don't have that issue. It just, my strings don't have that problem. Most of the time, it's just a time factor and a sound factor of like, do they sound good still? And if they don't sound good still, it's time to change them. But that's just yeah. me. How about you? How often are you changing your strings? I try to... I actually adopt the same kind of mentality, like you say. Do they still sound good and do they feel good? If those are still present, I'll, I'll go a little bit longer. But I, I, I try to go maybe like 45 days with mm. a set of strings. But I also – because I, Look at you. I know. Yeah. I don't know if that's good or bad, but <laughs> my strings generally don't don't – wear out all that much and obviously it depends on how much i'm playing sure right and if i'm doing a bunch of recordings that i'll be a little extra anal there and make sure i'll, I'll change them to make sure that they still sound appropriate but the same thing there it, it's almost shocking every once in a while when you pick up somebody else's guitar and it's like ew what the hell have you been doing with this were, were you eating pizza right before you played this or, or <laughs> deep sea diving yeah, <laughs> yeah that's the grossest thing ever and it it's just certain, you know, you pick up somebody's guitar and you feel like you get to get some kind of disease from it because the <laughs> neck is all messed up and it's who, like, oh. Who, whose guitars are you picking up and playing where it's like that bad, where you're going to pick up a disease? Well, you'd be shocked because I, I do um, some teaching uh, at mm -hmm. a uh, music store and sometimes things come in for like repair and stuff and it's like, what the hell, man? <laughs> it's like you feel like you need to call like a priest and have an exorcism or something on, on the guitar. But, but to answer your question, I do relatively frequently change my strings. I, I'm not as anal as I used to be, I guess. It is the sound thing and more than anything else. And sometimes that can be a little tricky for some people, I think, because it is such a gradual thing, right? It's right. not like a light bulb where it just goes out. Um, but <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if strings could do that? Like yeah. literally it's like all of a sudden, here it is. That's your expiration date. Your strings are done. <laughs> yeah, you're done playing on these now. Like change them, right? That, that would be great. I try to stay on top of that, but I do have a fair number of guitars as well. And they, like everything else, depending on my mood, I'll, I'll favor one over the other. Mm -hmm. um, for a while. Same thing there, just even if they've just been sitting for a while, they can, you know, not be at their freshest and, and tuning becomes a problem. And more importantly, even like sound becomes a problem. So, sure. You know, I just yeah. thinking about it, there is also a difference between electric guitars and acoustic guitars in terms of how the strings will amplify the sound and, and sound good. And oh, I sure. do know that I change my acoustic guitar strings a lot more often than my electric strings at this point. Yeah. 
Do you ever experiment with like coded strings? I have. To make them last longer or the sound? What's your, what's your thought on them? I am not a fan of coded strings or at Me least a vast majority of coded strings I am not a fan of. And it doesn't mean that they're bad strings. It's just I don't like the feel of them in a general sense. Um, that being right said, That being said, the brand of strings that I do use do have coding on them, but they're not like Elixir-style coding, yeah. which is the ones that I just, I'm not the most keen on. And the reason why I don't like most coded strings is, is they get that stringy crap that comes off the string and just becomes extra junk hanging on the <laughs> string. I'm not a fan of that. The company that whose strings I do use, the coding, you can't tell it's even there. Yeah. I'm much more of a fan of that. And if everybody went to it, then I wouldn't even, it, why would it even matter at that point? Yeah. For me, it's a feel thing too. And I, I know that there's been massive improvements in that, at mm -hmm. least in my opinion, with, with, it used to be when they came out, it was, for me at least, it was a very distinct change in how they felt. And oh, yeah. you could feel that coding and it's like, oh, this is, this is wrong to me. You know, it's, <laughs> I do, it doesn't feel right. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan either for the same reason. I'm sure they sound fine. It's just for me, it's uh, probably something I could get used to if I had to, but I'm not a fan either. I, it, I think it feels weird. And uh, there's also these coded strings that are like colors. I've yeah. seen those as well. Yeah. And then, you know, you, you end up picking them, obviously, if you're a pick player, right, in electric strings, and you just end up wearing that away. And it just, I was like, ugh. What, I guess that's when this? you know when to change them is when they don't look colorful anymore, right? I guess. But, you know, I don't know. How how gimmicky can you get, I guess? But, ooh, <laughs> was that out loud? I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah, I know. No, coded string is not my thing either. But I, I do know players that swear by them. It's like, yeah, yeah, I love these. They last me longer. And if you are one of those people that your sweat and stuff just wears out strings. Coded really, strings really make quick. a difference for that. Totally. Absolutely. I think there's other people that have nickel allergies and stuff that can mm. suffer tremendously from that. So coded strings are probably a way to go if you're one of those unfortunate people as well that you, that's something you have to deal with because that, that can't be fun. All know? right. Well, let's shift the focus away from coded strings now and talk about actual string gauge as yep. that's kind of the more important thing that we were thinking of in terms of this episode. Sure. What is your opinion on string gauge, Chris? Well, there's a lot of variables there that come in. It, all things being... Equal, standard tuning, that type of thing. I think it's just whatever feels good. Mm -hmm. I have been dealing with, for the last several years, I've been dealing with some issues with my fretting hand, with my tendons and stuff. So I was always playing like a standard, like 10 to 46 type of set. Mm. And I ended up having to go down and play nines, Jeez. nine to 46s. And right now I feeling a lot better. So oh, I've actually good. stepped up a little bit more. I'm actually using a nine and a half. To nine 46. and a half? <laughs> yeah. Because that's how cool I am. That's what I play. That's what feels good to me. I will go in more why I've chose those as well. If you are a kind of player that do a lot of down tuning and you're doing a lot of drop tunings or, or if you're more of like a modern metal player and you might be tuning to like C or things like that. Mm -hmm. Obviously that will influence 
the, the gauge that you end up going with. If you're constantly doing that, you probably have to step up a couple of sizes because if not, it's going to feel like you're playing with rubber bands, right? Because the, the strings <laughs> are going to be so loose. Right. Um, that's the only time I would go heavier. Now I have some other thoughts on that as well. I'm not, but I think I'm going to let you answer the question first, and then we'll, we'll kind of come back to that. Okay. But, but what do you? Well, what gauge do you use, and what what's your reasoning for that? A couple of years ago, my gauge changed. Initially, for a good long, 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 long time, I was a Dean Markley Blue Steels player. That was my string of choice. And okay. I was playing their heavy gauge, which was 11 through about a 52, 54-ish or something like that. Yeah. I think that's what their gauges were. Kind of hard because I had been using them for so long that I just bought the packages based on heavy gauge. <laughs> right. And having the endorsement helped too. So it's like I didn't really think much about it. However, things changed. And I decided to switch string companies when the A&R guy switched companies. Gotcha. And I'm now playing a brand called Cleartone. Okay. Cleartone allowed me to create my own custom gauge. Ooh, interesting. Yes. The, actually, anybody can buy a package of Cleartones and they can be custom gauge. You just order them off the website. Is like, these are the string gauges that I want and that's what you get. And at that point, I decided if I'm going to switch brands of strings, I'm going to switch everything about what I'm doing. And why I did it was because I was thinking about options of going smaller like you did and not due to hand issues with carpal tunnel or anything of that nature, just because I wanted to switch it up and think differently about what I was doing. I happen to be a fairly heavy handed player, regardless of the style that I'm playing which means I really, I learned very early on to hit the string. Yeah. Like really from classical guitar playing, hit the damn string. <laughs> now, are you talking fretting hand or picking hand picking or, or hand. both? Picking oh, okay. hand. My yeah. fretting hand is very light to the touch. I was going to say, because that, that, yeah, because what, what you were saying that kind of, I'm like, hmm, that's not how I know you, but okay. No, and anybody that's ever taken an actual guitar lesson from me learns very early on, like the very first lesson, how hard you really need to press on a string to get the right sound. Yeah. Uh, and it's not much at all. Uh, on a scale of zero to 10, just a real quick note, a scale of zero to 10 in pressure, zero is you're just not even touching the string, and 10, you're pushing it to it touches the wood of the fretboard. Three is all right. you need. It's very yeah. little, but my picking hand tends to be fairly aggressive. Whether I'm using a pick or fingers, I am pretty heavy handed on that end because that's how I was taught with classical guitar. Obviously I can vary up the amount of pressure that I'm picking with, but I tend to be a little more aggressive on that end. Instead of a heavy gauge of 11 through 50 something, I decided with clear tone that since they were gonna make me a custom gauge set, <laughs> I would just <laughs> custom order the strings in that regard. So on my six string electrics, it's 10, 13, 17, I think. Mm -hmm. And then it goes to like 36, 46, 58 or something. It's, it's a heavier end and it's not like a light top heavy bottom, although it's kind of that concept, Yeah. but it doesn't follow that exactly. It required re-nutting all of my guitars and everything because it suddenly changed completely on an entirely new gauge on strings that it changed a whole lot about things. And I really dug it because I could dig in on the heavier strings and it wouldn't push sharp as hard 
on the heavier yeah. hits, which was great. Yeah. And I could still get a nicer feel on the bending for the higher gauge strings without feeling like I was really working at like Stevie Ray Vaughan, who was known to play like 12s and 13s. So right. I kind of chose that concept to just have the best of both worlds in that regard. Yeah, I that's kind a of... very custom gauge. <laughs> well, but that's, that's interesting because I, I have a very similar feel on that. And there's one thing that you mentioned that I was going to bring up as well. You said you have a pretty heavy picking hand. Mm -hmm. I'm not afraid to hit the string. That's the best way to put it. It's so brave to admit that. It's, <laughs> you're so brave. I think that's important because one thing that I struggle with now, I said I went down at a certain point all the way down to nines. And it was still, I, it was one of those hybrid sets. So I think I still ended up with like a 46, 9 to 46, whatever. But I noticed that when I'm tracking and if I was doing something that was a little bit more of the aggressive nature, mm -hmm. it was very easy to sort of fret things out of tune oh, because yeah. the string was so light. And I tend to play with a fairly light touch anyway. Right. I, I'm not a super heavy handed player. So th that became a problem or, or at least striking something that a string sharp that and also the fretting hand when you mm. kind of like you're digging in a little bit more a little bit more attitude in your playing right and it's not pleasant and there's nothing worse than when you're tracking something and you're hitting a big chord and it's ringing out and you just hear that whoa 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 whoa, whoa, whoa <laughs> yeah. you know and it's like oh, fuck, that, that's out of tune do it again um, yeah and that so, requires additional takes in the studio and that just becomes a mess so be aware yeah, of that. right. You know, I have tried, I've played a lot of your guitars when you were doing the 11 mm -hmm. thing, right? And for sort of tracking rhythm guitars or whatever with, with that gauge, it's actually pretty comfortable because you, you're you less likely, at least I am, you're less likely to, to get into that problem where you're, when your fretting hand causes things to go sharp. Sure, but what else did you, uh, you just mentioned that you played my guitars quite a bit in doing that. What else did you notice about their playability, even though they were a heavy gauge string? Not anything necessarily that, that leaped out at me. From what I remember, we pretty much have a, a relatively similar idea of setup as far as like string height and stuff, sure. I think. So they were I, still very playable, even though they had the heavier gauge strings is what you're saying. Yes. The only thing that it would become an issue for me would be with sort of like single string lines and certainly like bending and things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually had a, um, a mindset also when I was in music school, actually, because uh, <laughs> I was I was really into my, my alternate picking oh, of course. wizardry and all that kind of stuff, right? And Aren't we all still? I, <laughs> uh, a little bit less these days, but um, I started experimenting there again because I felt like, well, my, my string is I was using jazz threes, a heavy pick, heavy I, pick I still yeah. do. Yeah. I started feeling like I had the idea like, well, you know what? I think this string is moving too much when I'm picking. So I want <laughs> I, I want to see if I can fix my coordination there. It has nothing to do with me being a shitty player, right? So it has right. to be the strings, obviously. obviously. So I experimented there with, with a heavier string for that. Although that felt pretty good when you're doing like just rapid picking on a string can feel pretty good on a heavier string. But, but again, the playability there with bending and stuff just mm -hmm. the payoff wasn't there but, but that's also one thing but when you're doing that so is 
to consider. I want to interject real quick again because there's one thing I didn't mention. And What's you that? brought it up that tuning also makes a difference as to what gauge string you're using, but also the number of strings you have on your guitar. I have mentioned oh, six strings. I have a bunch of seven strings as well. And when yeah. I made that leap to the custom gauges from Cleartone, I ended up with a low B string, which is what I tend to do mine with. I am playing a bass string that they make. Now, I wanted a slightly larger gauge, and they were like, well, that's going to drive the cost up because that would have to be a custom wind on that string. But if you went with (laughs) this one, so my low B doesn't fall in the same line of the D, A, and E string in terms of succession. It's slightly lighter as a B string, but it is one of their light gauge bass strings. So it's kind of strange. And now that I'm actually kind of slagging off into the bass area of things and we're talking more about guitars, let's take a quick word from our sponsor. And we're back. And we're going to move on a little bit in terms of conjunction function with string gauge. And if you decide to change your string gauge as you're changing your strings for the new year, there are some other things that you really kind of need to put into consideration when you do this. What are some of these things, Chris? Well, frets and fret Mm -hmm. height. One of the drawbacks of not being diligent with changing your strings is that you end up wearing out your frets really, really quickly. Why do you Uh, say that? Because the string is of a heavier material or stronger material than the fret. So mm-hmm. anytime that you're doing playing and you're applying vibrato or anything, if you have a heavy hand, you end up wearing on your frets just it as it is, right? And if you now, say if that they're dirty, it's even worse. Is it like sandpaper at that point? Exactly the point I was trying oh, to say. I see yeah, where you're you, coming from. Yeah. So, so that is something that you also want to consider. And one thing I usually tell people is when it comes to maintenance that they complain, oh, I don't want to change my strings. Okay, well, depending on the quality of your guitar, mm-hmm. changing your frets is something that you want to avoid. And it might not even be cost effective <laughs> for the guitar that you have, right? Sure. Yeah. So, you know, you're going to spend like two or $300 on like a $150 guitar, you know. I've already done that. <laughs> I know you've done that, but but you've you've changed a lot of other stuff on that yeah. on that guitar as well. So, but I'm a big fan of the stainless steel frets. I know yeah, some nice. people aren't. I I like the feel of it. They mm-hmm. obviously last longer. I like that the bending of it feels very nice and glassy Smooth, to me. Yes. Yeah. Another thing that you need to consider as well is mm-hmm. fret height or fret size. Right. Do you have a preference there, Jody? I use jumbo frets because I got big fingers. That's a simple way of saying it. (laughs) All right. Well, I have tiny fingers, but I like jumbos as well. I like a really tall, wide fret. Yeah. And for me, it's just the – I get a better feel for the string when it Uh comes to to bending and all that kind of stuff. Just all control. I have a good friend of mine who prefers to have – what I consider like no fret at all on, <laughs> on his guitars. He keeps saying that they feel like speed bumps to him. Oh. I like to actually feel the fret when sure. it's there so I can actually hear the pitch I intend to have. So The uh, irony of that, that is is I tend not to feel my frets at all, even though they're there. Well, you would feel the absence of them if they're- I probably would, if, yes. You know, and of course, one of those things as well is like if your frets start getting like really worn out, I know I'm stating the obvious here, but when they start getting worn out, you end up with intonation issues as of well. Of course. tuning issues. So That's where your guitar starts to sound out of tune in any recording you have because shit's flat. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so not only is the fret flat because you've worn it out, your string is flat. Right. Yeah, so th- th- it's one of those things. I, I recently played a uh, guitar and just put new strings on it. It wasn't my guitar. Stringing it up for a friend, and I'm like, what's going on here? The intonation is fine. The low E is tuned to a low E. The harmonic at the 12th fret, yep, perfect low E. But as soon as you start fretting a note, it goes sharp. Mm. It's like, dude, you, you need to have this set up. This is not, <laughs> this is well, not happening. So, so, but that was a fret height thing. Yeah. Sure. Well, and then speaking of setup, there's a few things that you need to consider. One, if you're changing string gauge, or two, if you need to worry about your frets, is, as you mentioned, intonation. Yeah. And sometimes that's as simple as a truss rod adjustment. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's not. Sometimes it's an adjustment of the saddle at the bridge for either height and or front and backness to the fretboard. Another thing to consider is cleaning your fretboard, especially if yeah. you have the acidic fingers and you're getting the junk buildup going on with the playability. Like I remember guys at music school who had guitars that looked like they had been drugged through the sand lot. <laughs> See, that, that's what I'm field. saying. Like when you pick up a, a guitar like that, it's like, what, what are you doing to this poor instrument? What you are know? you not doing to the poor instrument is, is uh, I guess that'd be a better question. Yeah. So, yeah. But they have like so much gunk in between where the fingers are touching the fingerboard yeah. away from the string that is like just buildup of dirt and, and meh. I don't even know what to call that stuff, but <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it's, it's pretty nasty. It's pretty yeah. nasty. So, but, so how often do you, I mean, clean your, your neck? Do you do it every time that you change the strings and, and, or do you, you know? Yes. And a lot of the time when I was in California, I didn't do it as much as I do in Utah. The reason for that is, is California is not as dry as Utah. Utah is extremely dry. When I take the strings off to restring a guitar in Utah, I am first cleaning off the fretboard if there is any said gunk. And it's generally not much with my fingers, as I stated earlier. And I do that with quadruple zero steel wool. And I do a light little kind of like brushing on the fretboard. Wow, you're brave, man. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> Gives it a more worn-in feel over time, but I'm not like going in heavy-handed where I'm like sandpapering it. It's, I'm just using a really light-gauge steel wool to kind of rub off that dirt if there is any. Then the second step is, is I take a little wad of that steel wool and I create like a little U-shape in my fingers. And I okay. run that over the frets to just kind of glean them back up so that they look shiny. Not right. where I'm rubbing it into it really hard and taking the metal out just to keep them kind of shiny so they're also clean. And then I will take lemon oil on a paper towel and wipe it on there. And then if it soaks in, I put a little more until it doesn't soak in quite so much anymore. And then I wipe it clean and then I put the new strings on. That's my fretboard cleaning. I don't use any kind of strange dedicated cleaners. I haven't found anything that works better than lemon oil. So that's what I use. Yeah. All of Are you, you do, okay. So now you kind of answered my question. I was going to ask you, do, do you have the same sort of method for your acoustics and your electrics? Yes. But it sounds like you do. I do. Okay. I treat all them right. all exactly the same in that regard. All right. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. You? I like it. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I do the same thing. I don't do it every time I change my strings. I do it if I start noticing that there's a little bit of buildup or if it's been, you know, six months or so, I will take them off. 
and, and do the lemon oil thing. Just a very little goes a long way. And it just kind of conditions the wood a little bit, the, the fingerboard wood. Yes. Um, well, and that's, have, that's what I'm talking about in terms of the difference of where I was in the country. On a little bit of an A side to that, what about the back of the neck? Do you like like a lacquer or do you do you sound that down too or what's your thought? Being that a vast majority of all of my guitars are custom made, two of my guitars have lacquer on the back. Okay. And we'll, we'll just we'll just take a pause here for you to count to 12 or something. <laughs> <right>? so, <laughs> now, I have a Parker Fly that was given to me by the guy that created CD Baby. And that one obviously has a painted neck with lacquer on it. I can't do yeah. anything about that. I have the illustrious Taylor guitars, acoustic guitars that I have. They come with a lacquer on them. I don't wish to go back to Bob Taylor and say, dude, make me one without it. Those two guitars, I do not steel wool the back of them because there's no point. They've got lacquer on them. Right. Every other one of my guitars has no lacquer on them. Most of my electrics are custom made, no lacquer on them because I love the feel of the direct wood on my thumb. Yeah. That just feels so much better to me. If it's starting to feel a little bit slow, I will take a wrap of like an entire Brillo pad of the quadruple zero steel wool and run it up and down the neck, just smoothing it back out or whatever it is that it's doing. It just does a nice little like quick job of getting the speed back on the back of the neck. Yeah. So that I'm, I'm with you there. I, I, I like the feel of wood there as well. Mm-hmm. Now I know, you know, some wood, needs to be treated in a certain way because of humidity and all this kind of stuff, right? And it, it can crack. So I don't recommend everybody doing it, but I've been known to sort of like take fine grade sandpaper on the back of the neck if I feel like the lacquer is too much. Not necessarily a painted neck, mm-hmm. but even sometimes the, the lacquer can feel a little bit heavy. or, or the. So I like to have that kind of satin gloss type of thing or yeah. if possible, nothing at all because I, I much love that feel. That's my big pet peeve when I pick up a guitar if I'm you know you're at NAMM show or something and you're trying something new and it's just if it's like heavy lacquer or paint it's like I can't deal with it it's like it's so disappointing I want to feel the wood you know and you're so feel, snobby about this I, I think I can be to be honest yeah absolutely so um, I, I agree I'm not a big fan of it when it feels sticky and such it, it it's I'm just not a fan but I, I wouldn't necessarily not have a guitar for it and like I said the Taylor guitar it has like a type of lacquery finish on it, but it generally tends to stay quite smooth. So I don't have to deal with it, so to speak. It's fine. The Parker sits in a studio. I never play that thing live. So it's fine. If it feels gunky, I'll just grab a rag and wipe it off and, and I'm yeah. good to go. I am with you in that I prefer the feel of the wood. Yeah. And that would be, you know, sort of sacrilege if you had like a an older Les Paul or something, you know, obviously I, I would not be as brave or as arrogant to take sandpaper to that, but uh, <laughs> it, it doesn't mean that it's not tempting, you know? Sure. I but it's you. all, it's all for the art, man. It's all for the feel. It's all for the string gauges in your string. So remember, it's time to change them. It's that new year thing. Do it now. Yeah. Take care of your guitars and they will take care of you and your recordings and playing will be all better for it. All right. And with that, let's move on to our Friday finds. Chris, you always kick it off. What are we kicking off with today? I'm kicking off with some nice warbly effects and old school vibe and all those nice adjectives. Through Plugin Alliance, there's a company called Neold that have a plugin called Warble 
that was just brought to my attention. <laughs> and what does it actually do? It's a plugin that adds essentially tape effects, mm. but not in just as an adding saturation. You can do that with it, just to add a tape saturation, but it also adds sort of like wow and flutter to mm. your signal to add movement to. It's a modulation effect, so it adds a little bit of movement, but it has that sort of gooey sound to it. So if you're, if you're looking to use it on something, I would very much call it a special effect, mm -hmm. but it looks really, really cool. And uh, I, I'm a fan of everything that adds some dirt to stuff. So that's my, my Friday find, Neold Warble. What about you? Well, I'm going to go with a concept based on today's episode of Strings. And I've already kind of mentioned this company in the episode in and of itself, and that is Cleartone Strings. And just as a heads up, I do actually have an endorsement deal with them. That's why I'm a little biased for them. The reason why I'm choosing them is we did kind of discuss it in the episode where coded strings can be make you feel wiggly and wibbly and not in the sense <laughs> of like this plug-in that you're talking about. Clear tone is actually a coded string, but it is not coded in such a fashion that it feels icky to me. It's I don't even notice the coding on them. It is so ridiculously thin, and they don't string out like the normal wound strings tend to do. Mm -hmm. They just play like normal strings, and they seem to last a really damn long time too. And the really cool thing that I like about clear tone strings, as I mentioned in the episode, you can get custom gauge sets made just for you. Yes, it costs a little extra, but you go right to the website, you tell them, I want this gauge, this gauge, this gauge, this gauge, this gauge, this gauge, if you're playing six. If you're playing seven or eight, you add a few more gauges in there. Then they create you a 10-pack of them. You send them your money, they send you a custom gauge set of strings. It's pretty awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Clear like tone it. strings. And the other thing that's really interesting, they've moved headquarters to Utah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good for you. <laughs> no, I, mean, I just think it's interesting. It's kind of like I didn't expect that. It was like I got the endorsement and a couple of years later, it's like, hey, yeah, we're in Utah now. It's like, oh, well, that's cool. <laughs> See, that's just how much pull you have. No, none whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right, with that, I'm going to reiterate what I said at the top. We ask that you go to the website, insidetherecordingstudio.com, sign up for the email list. You will get an actual like free present for doing so. We give you some presets to plug-in platforms. Chris gives you some slate plug-in presets of his favorite type of things. And I give you some universal audio plug-in presets for my favorite things there. In addition to that, you'll get weekly reminders for all of the shows that come out and the Tuesday tips when they come out. And if you send us an email at goldstar at insidetherecordingstudio.com with the word strings this week, you will get something cool back in your inbox. If you have a topic of suggestion, please hit us up on the contact page and we'll put it into consideration for a future episode. And with that, I'll say see you next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. And have a good day, Jody.